0: Welcome to the Story Paths podcast, where we explore links between story and culture. I'm Theodore Lowry, your host. I'm excited to announce that, as of March 2023, I've released my first on demand creativity course. It's on Skillshare, nestled within a library of great creative courses. And if you're not already on there, I've got a link in the show notes where you can get a free month. My course is called Creative Writing, Brainstorming Story Ideas. In it, I guide you through finding ideas within your memories, working with them as symbols, and learning to deftly combine and recombine them into meaningful stories. There's a trailer for the course there in the show notes, along with the free link. Hope to see you in there. And so, we begin. Hi, I'm Theodore Lowry, and I like learning about stories because we make stories, but we also live in them. And by knowing that, we can help to change the stories we live in to be more whole and healing, like a person who comes awake inside a dream and is able to start changing the dream. Welcome to the Story Paths Podcast. This is going to be a solo episode today. And I'd like to talk about stories as cultural narrative. So, this word story is a big word. It's one of these great big words like religion, history, culture, the world. There's some words in our language that holds so much meaning, and story is one of those big words. Why do we use the same word, story, when we're talking about a fairy tale, uh, a fantasy story, a Hollywood movie, and also the story of our times, or the story of our culture, his story? Why do we use the same word? So when we're talking about written stories or stories that we make up, as we say, although everything has its origin somewhere, in Western storytelling tradition, we tend to say that there's three elements of story. Character, setting, and plot. Now, in a cultural story, these elements are also there. So character, you might say, who are we as a nation, as a people? Who am I within this social context, national context? Who am I within the company I'm in, within the family that I'm in? What's my role? What's my identity? So that's a story we tell ourselves or a story we live in, and we're a character in that. And then setting What's the nature of this world that I'm in? Is it a doggy dog world? Is it a generous world? Am I very aware of the natural world? Am I mostly in the human world, which is also the natural world in a sense? What's my sense of the world? Who am I and what's my sense of the world? Because people in different parts of the world and with different senses of self-identity will have very different senses Uh, of what the world is. They're kind of like living on the same planet, but we're living in a different understanding of the planet. So our setting in our personal story varies. And then plot what happens, given who I consider myself to be, what my intention or intentions are, and how I consider myself to be uh, in the world or what I consider the world to be. How do I interpret events if adversity comes to me? Is that, this is plot, is, is that the will of God? Is it, you know, dog-eat-dog dog world, so then it's my adversary and I've got to try to defeat them? Is it a lesson to be learned that the universe has put out to me? So the things that happen in my life, I'm going to thread them together into some sort of meaningful narrative. And according to my sense of self and my sense of the world, how I see that narrative is going to be different. In other words, none of us are really seeing objectively, <laughs> which, is, uh, which is pretty interesting when you think about it. That we're all subjects. Nobody, we're all kind of, well, in debates and things, as generally we try to claim some objectivity or we try to claim objective truth. Um, but we're all subjects when it comes down to it, which, you know, I'm not going to say that there is no objective truth, but we are all subjects within reality. We are all individuals, and our sense of ourselves and our sense of the world is different. Or in other words, the stories that we're living in are different from each other. Um, but there's a lot of overlap, especially people in the same culture, people with, you know, same kind of uh, state of mind or similar state of mind. There'll be a lot of overlap in the stories. They're like shared character in a, in a story together, in a mission together. You know, a military expedition. We're all soldiers. We are on our way to do this mission together. We're in this story together. Or we are trying to heal the world together. A story. It's not necessarily a negative thing, a story. I don't mean to demean it at all. There's unhealthy stories of stories that are healthy, and there's a whole mix uh, in between. And you know, I'm not to judge <laughs> which one's which, but we're as far as I can tell, we're all living within story. Uh, and that's why we're telling stories so much as well. It's like the waters we swim in is story. Like I say, it's one of these very big words. Now, different stories that we live in will produce different results. So, Wade Davis, a Canadian anthropologist who has um, a lot of good things to say about human culture. He gives an example that he grew up in what's now called British Columbia, Canada, which is where I am now. And the indigenous tribe that he knows here traditionally and now also they see a partic- they see a particular hill as a sacred hill you often see that like the black hills in what's now called the u.s so this is there's this is a being or these are there are beings involved in this this is an interface with divinity Uh, and then kind of settler resource extraction culture will see that hill as a resource to be extracted that is you know quite a lot of trees. We could make some money off that. And that's what we're here for, is to turn that into money. So he makes the point that, Wade Davis makes the point, that it's not so much about which story is true, but also what the result is. So the result of seeing the hill full of trees as a being, or as beings, is a preservation a respect or seeing a river as a being or seeing the whole earth as a being is a continuity if it's a respectful relationship. Whereas seeing that hill full of trees as a resource to be extracted, well, then you got a clear cut. And seeing the whole earth as a bunch of resources to be extracted, well, then we got the situation we have now. So again, this is story. Because one story is, I am a living being, sacred, come from creator, come from the earth, and so is everybody else. And we are meant to be in a healthy relationship with each other. That's a story. Again, story can be really good. I mean, we kind of have to live in stories. It's how we how we see things, how we come to understand things. Um whereas, you know, I am a human, and it's my right to exploit indefinitely all other species. That's a story. Uh, but that's a story that's gonna have a very harmful result. Another point, actually, from same anthropologist Wade Davis. He talks about how stories collide, and he gives the example of when the British came to what's now called Australia, and they encountered the people already living there, Aboriginals. What we really had at that time was a collision of worldviews. So the British were very much in a worldview of linear progress, Whereas the Aboriginal people were in a worldview of cyclical time, dream time, they weren't concerned with developing their technological capacities and capacity to explore and you know dominate parts of the world and all that. It wasn't a priority for them; their priority was more preservation of tradition preservation of that which they felt was very meaningful and necessary in human life and for the earth and in a custodial relationship with the earth. Whereas the British at that time were, you know, we're going to go up and up and we're just going to keep on going. And this narrative of linear time and linear progress is something you see a lot in modern times, post-industrial times, And that has had a horrendous destructive effect on the world. So that's the result of that. So you might start to get the sense that the word story, as I'm using it today, could be almost interchangeable with worldview or outlook. You know. How do we understand the world? How do we understand our place in it? How do we understand the things that happen to us and the things that we do? So again, with the British, they would see obstacles to colonizing the world um, as perhaps tests of their gumption in their God-given mission of you know, civilizing the world and so on. It's the story they were living in. And that's a story that's gradually changing. And hopefully not so gradually. Another point about different stories, cultural stories, or different worldviews interacting, is that a story will have a place in it for people with other stories but it might not always be a very generous place. So again, for for example, uh, with the colonial powers like the British, others from other cultures who had different ways of worship, different ways of living, eating, and so on, they had a place in that colonial story, but that place was as a heathen. And a more generous story, a broader story, might actually include everybody as they are without judgment or needing to be better than them. But we've seen a lot of stories that include other people, but in a very uh, low position within the story. So, most religions, for example, have a word for people who are not in that religion. So, like a heathen. It's somebody who is an outsider. And so they exist within the story of the religion, but they're, you know, bound for hell. That's where they're off to, so don't be like them. Now, before we get, you know, we modern people... uh, get too uppity <laughs> about religion and, you know, outdated or outmoded worldviews, we, can, we should know, I've thought about this, that science does the same thing. Not pure science, of course, just like pure religion doesn't do that, not, not the essence. But there is a story around science that tries to explain everything. So, for example, I listened to an audiobook some time ago, and there was a a scientist, he's talking about history and about people and about the purpose of religion in terms of evolution. So he explained that religion, in terms of evolution and survival of the fittest, is there for group cohesion, to hold people together so that they can better survive and they can you know, spread their progeny and so on. And I had to laugh because this was really an example of somebody steeped in the scientific worldview trying to understand religion within the confines of the scientific worldview. So, if if my story is that we have evolved from simple organisms, there's no divine hand in it whatsoever, it's all chance, and whoever had their act together the most in terms of eating, sleeping, mating, defending, uh, prospered and carried on their progeny, and so on. So if that's my story, where the heck does religion fit into that? Where we're talking about the will of the divine, about a, a force, a conscious force behind all things, love of God, like it all just doesn't fit into that evolutionary paradigm at all. So, you know, I want to seem like a my my paradigm includes everyone, so... I'm going to put those religious people in, but I'm going to say that the reason they're religious is group cohesion. So all the mystical visions, all the poetry, all the saints, all the different paths, the different understandings of God, the hermits who left society to worship in caves, in the desert, all of that, I'm going to group that into social cohesion. And this is a really recent book. So the scientific story or paradigm worldview is very prevalent and respected now, which is why a person can get away with saying something like that, which, you know, for a person with a little affinity for religion and spiritual life, it feels like, you know, trying to put an elephant through a tiny little doorway. It's, you know, religion as a whole with all its mysticism and beauty to kind of shove it through this door of like natural selection. Now, which isn't to say none of that's true with science. Uh, It's not to say that it has to be like a narrow religious view versus a narrow scientific view. In fact, I'd say that we're living in a time where we're asked to inhabit different stories, not just one. So another way we might look at story is as a pair of glasses, as a perspective, a way of seeing. So I might take up that pair of glasses that gives me that scientific worldview. It's going to tell me about different geological ages. It's going to help tell me about the composition of the atmosphere going back millions of years. It's going to tell me about movements of currents in the ocean all kinds of amazing things but it may not really tell me much about agape about love of god it might not give me all the insight i'd like to have into the experience in the heart of mystics in fact it may dismiss those things it doesn't really have a place for those things So I might take off that lens, and I'll put on the more religious or spiritual lens. And that may open up understandings, perspectives of different dimensions of reality, about how we exist simultaneously on different levels of consciousness, and we can invest ourselves in the higher ones more, and invite consciousness into these realms. It may tell me about common threads of understanding between different religions which are actually common threads within reality itself. All of this can't be proved uh, under a microscope. It can't be, you know, you can't win a debate and convince another person. This is all experiential. It's not really within the realm of tangible science, but it's there. People have investigated these things. That's another lens. That's another story. And within spirituality, of course, there's many different perspectives and different traditions and we can learn from them. Just like there's different scientists and different realms of science, different fields, we can learn from them. So it does seem to me like the time we're living in now is a time when we're really being asked to Inhabit multiple stories, if not simultaneously, then at least putting down one, picking up another, looking through it. And of course we have our own background, our own ways of looking at things as well, and that's going to inform how we see these other stories and traditions and ways of understanding. But because we're in a time where all the people of the world are accessible to each other we're all accessible to each other or more so than really at any time in history you know the wisdom of the different traditions is available we can travel places the internet's there i know not everybody has access to these things but it's opening up in a way that it never has so we're being exposed to different different points of view and then there's this kind of monoculture kind of force of colonization and sameness and lowest common denominator and capitalism and yet and yet we do have access to many different points of view perspectives paths wells of wisdom that we didn't have before and that might not be easy to understand but without just cherry picking you know or cultural appropriation but to try to try to live in this milieu with many different stories, to learn somehow to begin to put on different kinds of lenses. And perhaps this might lead to understanding or a story that's so broad that it can include everybody. And this doesn't necessarily mean understanding everybody in a very intellectual kind of way, But what if we had a story that was so broad and so flexible that it could include people with different points of view, different ways of coming at things, and that would be okay. We wouldn't need to understand every little detail. We wouldn't need to condemn them, kick them outside of our story, basically, Um, going to hell, or, you know, they're unreasonable, (laughs) you know, they're fools. Uh they we we could have a place for them in our story. And I feel like that's what's being asked of us today. Now the question may come, is it all just story? Like is there no objective reality? Touched on that earlier on. And you know, I'm not gonna give a final judgment on this perennial philosophical question. Um but I will open it up a little bit, and use some different terms to to touch on this. So you could say that living in a particular story, if I'm living, you know, this is who I am, I'm from this country, I am good at this, I'm bad at that, I'm going to live this long, approximately, etc., that that's false ego, ahankar in Sanskrit. And that, what is that false ego? It's, it's the spirit taking on a sense of identity which is not inherent to the spirit. And according to Eastern traditions, like Hinduism, Buddhism, the spirit will go through different lifetimes and take on different senses of identity different personal stories and collective stories, and then move on to another one. And each time the spirit will be thinking, yes, this is who I am, but the spirit actually has an identity which is not physical, not local, not this particular life. And some would say, we need to transcend these local stories and understand who we are, become enlightened, uh, understand ourselves as part and parcel of God. And that this is coming into the objective reality, where we may still be individuals, but we're not caught up in provincial stories, uh, local senses of identity. And so then another question comes, well, these local senses of identity, are they all bad? I mean, if it's not really who we are, the place we're born and you know the life we live, are they all just kind of equal? And my understanding is that if the story we live, if our sense of identity leads us towards uncovering our identity more and more and seeing others more and more deeply and seeing the world more and more deeply, then that is a good story. If our story is, I am a explorer of the self, or I am in relationship with the earth, with God, with others... And who I am is to go more deeply into those relationships in love and respect and humility. Then that could be a a story that opens up into something much broader than my little life and my little perspective. Thanks for listening to the Story Paths podcast. If you liked it, feel free to leave a review and share it with your friends. Thanks for listening to Story Paths, where we finger threads weaving story with culture. Before we go, I'd like to remind you of my new course, Creative Writing Brainstorming Story Ideas, that is now available on Skillshare. If you're looking for a playful, creative space, this may just be for you. You can find the trailer and a link for a free month of Skillshare in the show notes. And as we part, I send my best wishes for you and yours. In the words of the Irish poet John O'Donohue, May you realize that the shape of your soul is unique, that you have a special destiny here, and behind the facade of your life, there is something beautiful and eternal happening. And so we close.